Amen. Good morning, everyone. Feels good to be in our new sanctuary. Amen. I saw some people you missed last week. It's your first week back in, and uh, we're excited to be able to worship here together. Uh, for those of you that have been joining us this summer, we've had a special summer being out of this sanctuary. We were over at the school next door and enjoying services. But my favorite part of this summer has been the series that we've walked through, and we've called it a summer of Kairos. And in the Bible, there's this word for time. When you see the word time or season, um, there's a, a word that's used in the Greek language called kairos, and it means so much more than just time. It means God's time. It means a special ordained time. It means a special season of significance that calls someone to action. And then we spent the summer just looking at different people in Scripture that when God showed up in that moment, they took big steps of faith. We saw Elisha who burned the plows to follow after the future that God had for him. We saw Abraham left everything of security to walk after the future God had called him to. And time and again, that's what God puts in front of his people. And what I love is that we see that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he isn't just making those Kairos moments for people uh, back in the day in the Bible. He does it in our lives as well. He desires to see his people taking bold steps of faith to follow after the purpose that he has for them. And when they do, God meets them with power the same way we, we read about in Scripture. During that series, I shared with you some news that, um, that was exciting and sad all at the same time. Truly bittersweet. We shared the news that over the last few years, Pastor Marsha, who is uh, one of our beloved pastors on staff and on the team, has been feeling God stirring and birthing something brand new in her heart. And I could remember talking to her about two years ago as we were beginning to sense God was moving and doing something new in her heart and life. And I said, what, what is he placing before you? What's he stirring within you? And she said, all I know is that it doesn't exist right now. It's something new and different. And we started to just pray and fast and seek the Lord. And, and any time I sent something, I would share it with you. And you'd share things as the Lord put it. And it was amazing, especially coming back from Tanzania last year. And I had a clear picture of you traveling from church to church in fire, just filling these churches that were dry, like kindling and just revival showing up in these places. And I shared it with you, and you shared it back. That's what I've been sensing God stirring, this, this revivalist calling. And I've seen that in her. And God has since then opened doors and doors. And now... We stand at a moment where she came a few months ago and said, Pastor Chris, it's time. It's time that the Lord's calling me to take the big step, and I'm going to step up fully in faith and be a revivalist full-time and travel. And so we share that news, and we told you when we did that we would come to this day, the 8th of September, 2019, and this is a special day because this is a day where we're going to stand and we're going to commission Pastor Marsha into this ministry God has placed before her. This is a moment where we could feel in the first service the presence of God in such a thick way. Because I know that when the people of God gather at these key Kairos moments, when the Lord has been speaking, and when he says, set apart for me, my servant, for the work I've called them to, and when the church rallies around them, lays hands on them and commissions them into that work, the power of God shows up in a special way. And we're all marked and different because of it. And so I'm thankful that you're here today. Some of you had no idea you were walking into this. But here's what I believe. God has a divine appointment for every single one of us today. This is a special day for Pastor Marsha. But we've been praying. Our prayer from the beginning is, Lord, let this just be the beginning. Let this be the first match that strikes. And may there be an ignition in the hearts of all these people hearing. That God would challenge us, call us to run forward into the future he has for us. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to spend a few minutes in God's word. 
I want to have Pastor Marsha share. I've asked her to pray. And I said, Pastor Marsha, if the Lord puts a word in your heart, I want you to be able to just share it with us in the midst of this special occasion that we have to gather in God's presence. And then we're going to lay hands on Pastor Marsha, and we're going to pray to commission her into this new season of ministry. Sound good? Amen. This is a special sacred time that we're sharing in, and we're very excited for it. I'm glad that you're, see, I feel like they're a little more engaged than last. Last service, there was such a presence of God in the space that everyone was just so quiet. And I'm like, what's going on? And people just come and they say, we can just feel God. And, and as we're feeling the Lord, um, we're also celebrating with joy about what God is doing. Amen? And so it's, it's so good. Open in your Bibles with me to Acts chapter 13. It's so important that we understand from God's word because I really believe we're entering into a moment that we see reflected to us in the scriptures. And I'm asking the Lord to come do the same thing he did in that moment for the Holy Spirit to fall with the same power that he came with in that time. So in this time in the, in the book of Acts, we see that the apostle Paul, he's, he's walking into everything God has and the Lord puts him on some assignments. And then they get to this moment in time where the Holy Spirit wants to change trajectory. He wants to set them on a brand new path. He now has a new purpose that he needs to bring about in their lives as sent ones, as ones that are going to go and are going to bring about a revival and the expanse of the kingdom as missionaries all around the known world at the time. So I want us to understand the context for how that happens. It says here in Acts chapter 13, verse 2, it says, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And so after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them, and they sent them off. And the two of them, catch this, sent on their way by who? Not by the people, by the Holy Spirit. Went down to Seleucia, and they sailed from there to Cyprus. And this was just the beginning of this amazing season of ministry where the power of God showed up, where miracles and signs and wonders followed, where people turned their hearts to the Lord, where there was hard ground that was desolate and where, where people were so against the purposes of God and where they broke through that hard ground and revival started to spring up. It was truly revival in every sense. People's hearts were coming back to the Lord. And Pastor Marsha, I think we're ripe in this season that as you go out, this is the spirit you're going out in, that you're going to go out to be the same spark of revival and igniter in the church and among the land where the ground is hardened. As we stand here today, and as we've had the chance to share this news, and you have, Pastor Marsha, for, for many, as you've seen this, you've been, some have been very inspired, not just excited, but inspired, saying, I wish that I could take those kind of steps. Not that I would be what, you what you're about to be, but that I would have the ability in my life to be just so sold out that wherever God wants to lead, I'm ready to hear him and ready to follow. Some are wondering, I don't even know how to be in a position where I can even hear what God wants to do in my life. And so today as we share this and as I share some things that God's put on my heart about this moment for Pastor Marsha, I want to give us a few words to hold on to because I believe they are the stepping stones that have led us to this moment of commissioning today. What does it truly mean to live a set-apart life? And so I'm going to give you a few words just to hold on to today and, and hold close to your heart for all of us. The first one is communion. It's the word communion, not just the the bread and the cup that we take um, whenever we celebrate the Lord's Supper. But that word communion means so much more. It doesn't just mean the time that we pause to reflect on the sacrifice of Jesus. It means being in deep fellowship and abiding in him, being in communion with him. And I want you to know that calling is cultivated in communion with God. 
that it is ultimately forged. The calling God has on your life, you learn it, you discern it, you grow in it, you understand it, all out of this deep abiding relationship with Jesus. Jesus said this. He said, remain in me and I will remain in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. He said, if you remain in me, you're going to bear so much fruit with your life. And that right there is a part of why the Lord is placing a calling on Pastor Marcia. Because the state of the church today, in many ways, there's a very big problem. And here's what the problem is. We have learned how to do church and be successful without remaining connected to Jesus. Without relying on his power, his strength. And there, there's something that needs to be reawakened within us. That if not, if you're not careful, you just go through the motions and a lot of people will gathered. And a lot of things will happen, but the power of God will not be present. Because Jesus said we can't do it apart from him. I believe part of what Pastor Marsha is being set apart to do is you're going. And, and, and just like someone that will walk into a house and see that something's unplugged and everyone's wondering why there's no power, you're going to show up and you're just going to connect them back to the Lord in a way that they're going to realize that he is their source of power, that he is their everything. And so I see that as such a key part of what's going to happen. But I promise you, Pastor Marsha, this only comes from the overflow of what God's already doing in you. Everything that I've witnessed of you in the 10 plus years that I've known you and walked of you, everything flows out of that place with the Lord, out of that quiet time with the Lord, walking past your office, hearing you worshiping God, hearing you praying, seeing you up here in the prayer room just on your face, receiving from God for the messages he would have you to speak, walking by your car even in the parking lot where you don't want to get out of the car because you're still worshiping the Lord and praying, spending time. There's just a deep, yeah, it's, it's pretty loud. You hear it. it you, you'll know what I'm talking about. But I promise you, it comes out of this deep place. There's a deep well within Pastor Marshall's heart where she just wants to commune with the Lord, where he speaks to her, and then she's obedient to whatever he speaks. If you want to walk in the fullness of what God has for you, then spend more intentional time communing with your Creator, cultivating your relationship, reading his word, praying, spending time with him. Do you want to know how they got the word set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas? When they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, they were in deep communion with God. And out of that place of worship, out of that place of fasting, out of that place of sacrifice comes the calling of God. It becomes birthed in those moments. Does that make sense? And so this is what God calls us to. Remain in him. Pastor Marsha, I've witnessed the overflow of your relationship with God. I've, I've witnessed how you would not let the challenges get in the way of your communion with the Lord, how you've not let the difficult, I've seen the difficult seasons, we've been in this long enough that we've seen the highs, we've seen the lows, we've seen everything, but what I've seen for you is you tenaciously pursue your relationship with God, and you want nothing more than to be pleasing in his sight, and at times, it doesn't even matter what other people say, or other people think, or whatever it is, as long as you're pleasing to your Father, and as you cling to that communion, God, this is just the beginning of the calling that he's birthing inside of your heart, and your life, church, that's meant to be an example to us amen that we will be able to strive for that kind of community that kind of connection and the lord has only allowed that because you've always pursued him because you've kept your eyes on him which is the next part you you just continue to walk in the fullness of what he has for you the second word is concentration concentration so communion with god but there then needs to be a focus and it, our, some of our team is here more than we're in the first service but they will tell you especially early on as i was pastor i had a million ideas a minute about what God would want us to do, what we could be doing, different focuses, different things, and, and the team would just, you know, their heads would spin, like, Pastor, like, we got to slow down here and concentrate on one thing. We can't do a hundred things here. We got to do the things that God would have for us, and 
I always saw that with Pastor Marsha, that she would always just want to have that focus. Make sure, where are we focused right now? We can't be scattered. we got to be concentrated. This word, though, when you really look at it, one of the great synonyms for concentration is a single-mindedness. This is the word that really God put in my heart, in my mind. Because the disciples and the followers of Jesus were focused and concentrated in the right direction, they placed themselves in a position where when the Lord called, they were able to answer. I promise you this, that your focus will determine your future. What you have chosen to fix your eyes on, what you have chosen to make the greatest priority of your life will determine the future that you have. And because, Pastor Marsha, you have made the focus of your life the presence of God, he's now going to make you an instrument for his presence to go all around. But it's only because of your concentration. And that concentration and that obedience has led you to write two books coming up along this. It has led you to continue to develop new habits in your life where every Monday you share the word of God and you're able to pour into us and pour into so many. That concentration and focus is what the Lord's honoring in this season and will continue to honor as you go forward. The, the other part of it is that there's a willingness to fix your eyes on Jesus. And so many of us, we want to follow Jesus until the storms come in life. Until the challenges come. But I promise you, if you're only following Jesus in the good times, and you're missing out on so much that he wants to do. Because if you can't keep your eyes on him in the storm, then you're going to sink every time. Then you're going to start back at square one. It'll feel like one step forward, five steps backwards. I've watched Pastor Marsha go through the good times, the challenges, and she's kept her eyes on the Lord. She's kept focused on him. And she wouldn't allow the challenges to deter her from following and honoring the Lord every step along the way. And God honors that, Pastor Marsha. And he, I believe this, truly. Everything that's led you up to this moment, every challenge, every heart, everything, the Lord right now is showing you how he's specifically allowed you to walk through it because the ground you're going to walk in is harder than anyone else has been able to break through. The places you're going to go are places where other people have tried and plowed and they have not seen fruit, but the Lord has strategically used your life to bring you to this time because everywhere he's sending you, you will already be ready to press through, to break new ground, to bring about fruitfulness, to sow in, to pour in. And you won't give up where others have, only because you've been seasoned with that seasons of challenge along the way. Amen? Is this making sense, church? Come on, we can't grow weary and lose heart when we're doing the work that God has for us to lean in, to walk in. And so they were in that place. They pressed through. There were already trials. There were already things that had shaken them. Acts chapter 4, they were told, stop preaching the gospel. In these different moments, there's persecution. But they pressed through and they kept concentrating. When we do that, we set ourselves up to be used by God, ready for whenever he wants to lead us, when he wants to guide us. But also the focus that's so important is when we are concentrated on the right things, the things that God wants us to be concentrated on. And one of the things that can happen in ministry and in church and in, in life and in anything that we do is we can lose focus on what the real priority is. And I want to tell you, in a church our size, we have events that we're talking about. We'll spend hours needing to just plan events and work on ideas and what are we doing here and how's this working and how's the bulletin coming together and what does this graphic need to look like and what does that need to be. We just are working on all kinds of things. And you want to know what you can get so busy doing even in the ministry? You can get so busy working on the programs and all the things that are happening to tend to the people that you forget about the people, the individuals that God wants you to minister to. Pastor Marsha, you've continually had the right concentration on the hearts of the people in our body. And you've been able to strategically pour into the hearts of so many. There are so many sons and daughters in the faith, so many people that are leaders in God's house today 
because someone was willing to have the right concentration to concentrate on them and on everything God wanted them to be. And we honor you for that today. There are people that are standing around you, people that are going to serve this house. There are children, sons and daughters that have come into the kingdom because of the people you've poured your life into. And it's so amazing. When I was reading in Acts chapter 14, preparing for today, I saw this moment in scripture. Whereas Paul and Barnabas are traveling, they get to Lystra. And it was when they were there that there was a man who was lame. He had been that way from birth, and he never walked. And he listened to Paul as he was speaking. And I love this word right here. It said, and Paul looked directly at him. You have this keen ability, Pastor Marcia, that you see people, and you don't just see them. You see the potential God has in them. Paul saw someone. The Bible says he saw him, and he saw the faith that he would be healed. He didn't just see who he was. He saw who God wanted him to be. And he was willing to call that out. He was willing to speak into that. He was willing to pray over him. And the Bible says he called out to him and said, stand up. To your feet, and the man jumped up and he began to walk. Pastor Marsha, that's been a living testimony of your life. You have looked at people that have been sitting on the sideline, and you've said, no, you're a leader, you're a son, you're a daughter, you're, you're more than that. Rise up and step into it. You've helped us walk into that purpose. You've helped me as a pastor, my wife, others step into the fullness of the calling God has. This is just the beginning. Don't ever let that stop because you're not on staff at a church. You're going to go around, and God will put you specifically, strategically in places where there are going to be people you'll see. You're going to see pastors' wives. You're going to see leaders you're going to see, and they're going to become new sons and daughters in the kingdom. In a decade from now, they're going to be future leaders, missionaries, people that are used in the power of God in ways beyond what we could ever imagine. So just keep that concentration there. There's a lot coming, but, but God wants you to continue to plow into that, to continue to speak life into his people. You know, how many people that are here today, you've been impacted by the life and ministry of Pastor Marsha. You've been leaders. You've been poured into. You've, be, you've become uh, leaders in God's house. You've become, your marriages have been ministered to. There's been so much that you've poured out. And now God's positioning you. In the midst of all this, Pastor Marsha, he has said, set apart for me, Marsha Mansour, for the work that I've called her to. And we say yes and amen to that. And we're excited for it. What we want to do at this time before Pastor Marsha comes, because I want her to share her heart with you some, is I want to just show you, we want to show you a video that just sets the stage for this new ministry God is calling her into, this new season of what it means for her to be set apart. So turn your attention to the screens, and then Pastor Marsha is going to come and share with us for, for some of God's word. that are doing life with him. If God has to yell out of heaven to get our attention, something is very wrong. There's an enemy to the church. The enemy to the church is the word average. That's the enemy to the church, is living average lives. Why in the world would you choose a limited life? We serve a limitless God who always wants to give us more. More of what? Everything. Provision, deliverance, healing, freedom. If you want to understand the heart of God, it's summed up really simple. It's that his church will walk in his fullness. I don't want to see sickness. I don't want to see disease. I don't want to see brokenness. I don't want to see people of God living in lack. But we serve a God that is so abundant. I want to be part of the church that Jesus built. And the church that Jesus built was filled with power was filled with the move of the Spirit, was filled with signs and wonders, was filled with prophecy, was filled with word of knowledge, was filled with word of wisdom. That's what the church should look like. Today, my heart is that you will be stirred away from average. That everything in you would begin to rail against average. 
and say, from this point forward, average is my enemy. It's not my friend. I will not settle to be average. The church has been called to roar, and we've decided to meow. So my personal calling is to be an igniter for the church. You guys are not making this easy. God is so good, amen. To God be all the glory for his goodness and his faithfulness. 15 years, family. 15 years. And not 15 years of casual relationship, 15 years of life together. God is so good and so faithful. And I, I'm so excited for this new season. I can't begin to tell you, um, but I'm very saddened to leave you guys, because we're family. And we have been through good things, bad things, hard things, tough things, hilarious things. Me running through every airport in the world with the missions team and, you know, all kinds of stuff going on. And, but God has been so faithful. And that's what I understand this morning, is the faithfulness of my God. And so when I stand here today and I begin to talk about what I believe God is calling me to, I, I just, I want to start by telling you how good God is and how faithful God has been. And his faithfulness is what carries us, amen? You know, oftentimes we, we worry when we can't see his hand. And I've always learned when you can't see his hand, you always trust his heart. And when I was little, I got wrecked, and that was my problem. I got wrecked as a kid. See, I grew up in the power of God. I grew up falling in love with Jesus. I didn't fall in love with the church. I fell in love with Jesus. And so when the church acted crazy, it didn't shake me because I was in love with Jesus. I was like, well, okay, we, we're all human. We all make mistakes and whatever. But at eight, I saw a leg grow. And that was it for me. I wanted every leg to grow. I wanted every wheelchair to be emptied. I want every blind eye to see. I wanted the fullness of what God had. And when I began to read the book of Acts, I would show up in church and be like, where's this? And I had ministers say to me, well, honey, it really doesn't happen that way anymore. I was like, I, did it change? Did the word change? Because that's what he said would happen. Like, well, we don't really see it. Why don't we see it? It's not, God didn't change his word, so something's wrong with the church. Because <laughs> his word was this. And nobody could convince me out of his word. Nobody could, and today, nobody can convince me out of the heart of God. I serve a good God. And the word that God has for his church is that he wants to renew the work that he did in the, end, in the past. I love this, this story of Habakkuk. He says, Lord, I know what you've done in the past. I know, you, I know you're famed. Renew it today. And that's my heart today is to see the things of God renewed in the church today. 
And so when he said, God, I, you know, a lot of people have said to me, Pastor, are you sure about this? Because, you know, church, when you look at this Bible school, and when you go to Bible school, the, the goal is to work in a mega church. The goal is to have a pastoral position, to make a decent salary, to, to have health insurance. But can I tell you something? That was never my goal. Never. My goal has always been to be in his will. And whatever that means is where I'm going. And so today I stand here believing God that I just took this step because I believe God is calling me. And I don't, people have asked me, what's the next step? I don't know. I don't have the next step. I just have enough light for the step I'm on. But can I tell you that's all I need? You know, and I told my mom, my parents had had a car accident and my mom was in the hospital and she was, had a neck brace on her in the hospital. I figured perfect time to tell her she can't move. Like she can't do anything about it. <laughs> so I told her and she just shook her head. I said, well, she goes, so what's new? That's you. You hear and you run. So whatever you need, we run with you. And so that's, you know, family, that's really the deal. It's like either we're going to obey God fully and walk on what he has, or we're going to live lackluster lives. And I have refused to live a lackluster life. I know the God I serve. And I need to challenge you this morning, church. You know, I told Pastor Chris in first service, and I'm going to tell you now, that 10 years ago, seven years ago, we were by the chapel, and the Lord spoke to me, said, the best days of evangel are yet to come. And today that word is stronger in me than it was then. The best days of evangel are yet to come. But it's not about evangel corporately only. It's about every single one of you individually. Your best days are yet to come. Your best days are yet to come. The story's not finished. The story's not over. I preached at a church a couple of weeks ago called Hope Center. And I asked everyone in the church who wanted personal revival. And this woman got up. I wish there was someone here from Hope Center today to, to bear witness. Maybe 90 years old. Fragile as could be. So she, got, she jumped up when I said who wanted personal revival. And her husband panicked. He's like, no, no, where are you going? She goes, I'm going. I'm going. So she started walking. She was so fragile. Six ushers surrounded her. They're like, she can't break here. Like, and she came up to the front. The power of God hit her. She went under under the power of the Holy Spirit. She stayed there for about 15 minutes. She got up. Six ushers got up to grab her. She's like, I don't need anybody. I'm good. She sat up. And I went over to hug her. And she grabbed me. She said, I feel alive. I feel alive. Age means nothing. It means nothing. God has your best days yet to come. But you know what it requires? It requires some reckless obedience. It requires you to obey him no matter what. That's what it means. And let me tell you, your obedience is going to come down to two things. The size of your God and the size of your enemy. You say, well, what does that mean? How you perceive them. If you perceive your God to be big, you'll run. Look at David. I love the story of David and Goliath. What does the scripture say? He ran towards Goliath. He ran towards Goliath. He didn't kind of, kind of shivy, hopefully that Goliath would fall or something. 
He ran towards him. Why? Because David knew the size of his God. David knew the size of his God. So he ran towards his enemy, no problem. His 12-foot enemy standing in front of him was nothing in comparison to the size of his God. And child of God, you are going to be required by God to take big steps. And if you perceive your enemy to be big, you'll never take them. But if you recognize that your enemy has been crushed by the feet of Jesus already, then you take big steps. I got to preach at the United Nations this last Wednesday, which is pretty amazing for this immigrant kid from Egypt to stand there in front of every tribe and every nation and share the kingdom. But can I tell you the warfare to get there? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I am a New Yorker through and through, and from the Holland Tunnel to the United Nations, two and a half hours driving. I couldn't get to it. Every street was blocked by a police officer and a cone going, I said, this is a joke. This is a joke. And finally, I said, enemy, listen to me. Listen to me. I will park the car and walk there. But I will preach there today. So either get out of my way or be prepared for me to run you over. But either way, we're going. And we got there, and we got to minister to the people that minister to the world. Can you imagine? But child of God, that's the deal. When I know the size of my God, the size of my enemy does not intimidate me. And today, child of God, if you know the size of your God, the size of your enemy will not intimidate you. You can look right at him and say, move over. Move over. Do you know whose child I am? And I want to tell you something about ministry and about taking steps for God. I shared in first service. When I was about 18, 19, I was in Bible school. And I have this really funny experience with God where he throws me into messes and says, fix it. So they, first year in Bible school, they throw me into this church that is a hot mess. They say, oh, yeah, every other pastor left. Oh, yeah, you know, pastors have been there, 45-year-old pastor, 37-year-old pastor, so now they throw in this newbie who's all of 19 years old, and they say, fix it. So I was like, Lord, I, don't, I, don't, I want an easy assignment. All my friends over here doing easy assignments. I always get thrown into these things. And I had a dream that night, and I was at a shoe store, and I was buying shoes. And God put my attention to these shoes, almost like clown shoes, these big, long shoes. And I said, Lord, I don't want those shoes. He said, I want you to buy them. So I bought them. So now I want you to put them on. I said, I can't walk in these shoes. They're too big. They're bigger than my feet, God. He said, I want you to try them. So I put them on. And I'm trying to walk and kind of tripping all around. And then God just stabilized me. He says, now walk. And I began to walk. And I said, well, what's this? He says, this is ministry. Anything that you do for me. If the shoe fits, you don't need me. Because then it's all your own strength. I'm always going to put you in places that the shoe is bigger than you, so you have to rely on me. That's where faith comes in. If the shoe fits, you don't need faith. If I can see how to, oh, I can do this easy, then I don't need God. But if it's much bigger than me, then I need faith to do it. And that's where I am. I've taken a step of faith. My dream is to see the church on fire. 
I prayed for a man. I shared with you guys multiple times. I prayed at a church a month ago. His mom was healed of Alzheimer's in the service. Two weeks later, I checked in. How's mom? He goes, mom's great. I checked two days ago. How's mom? He goes, pastor, I don't even know this woman. She's completely healed. That's what I want to do. You hear me, church? That's what I want to see come alive. I want to see the church come alive with power and with fire. And I believe with all my heart that we are right in the middle of God wanting to pour out his spirit. You know, David Cho said that America, how many know who David Cho is? He's the pastor of the biggest church in the world in Korea. I think his church is like three million people. And he visited America two years ago and he left and this was his statement. He said, America has learned to build church without God. That should terrify us. America has learned to build church without God. They do not need Jesus to have church. They know how to do all the programs. They know how to do all the things that make us feel good. But lives are not changing and there's no power. And I really believe in my heart of hearts that God has called me to that moment to flip the equation. And I truly believe, and I was praying, Pastor Chris, and I felt a word for this house. And so I'm encouraged by what God wants to speak to us. I believe that this church, this house right here, has been called an end time church. An end time church is very specific in scripture. There's several churches that are listed in the book of Revelation. And they all have different characteristics and different pieces, but there is a church only one church that stands true. And I believe God has called this house to stand true. God has called us, this church, as watchmen over the word and the things that are righteous, the things that are godly. And there's going to be a lot of opposition around you. I, I forgot to mention the first service, but I'll mention now. I truly believe we're going to see mega churches that we have admired fall to the ground. They're going to start bringing in itchy ear gospels and bringing things that are not of Christ and begin to change the gospel. And they're going to fall to the ground. But not this house. Not this house. And you're going to eat persecution for it. You're going to eat ridicule for it. But the Lord has said, if you will stand true, he will stand true with you. He has put watchmen around this house, and as you continue to pray, as you continue to seek his voice, as you continue to press into him, he will sustain you. And the Lord gave me a picture of that generator that we have outside. Remember, we got that generator, we got it right after Sandy. There's a big storm that hit, and we got it so that if there was ever a storm, we would be a safe place here. And the Lord is saying that there's going to be many that are going to come into this place because we preach the true word. We don't compromise the word. And because of that, this will also be a spiritual safe place where God's word can be implanted and lives can truly be changed. There will be a move of spirit in this house like you've never seen. God is going to honor the prayer. God is going to honor the focus. But he gives you a warning. Watch around you. Many are going to fall. Stay true. Stay before him. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you a couple things uh, to Clear up some rumors. I am not moving to Africa. I got that email like five or six times. I'm not moving to Africa. That was the funniest email. Not moving. Not going anywhere. I am still local. You'll be able today at the reception I have 
a card for everyone who every household that comes with information to get me my website my email so you can keep in contact I'm not going to I'm still a pastor people have asked that question as well absolutely can still be a pastor I just won't be a pastor in this house but I'll be a pastor in the house to churches around and so it is with great love and great respect that I I don't know Pastor Chris help me so <laughs> just tell you that I love you all and I'm excited for what God has for me, and I'm excited for what God has for you. Amen? Amen. We've, uh, we've gotten to say over again, and, and uh, just people I've talked to, pastors I've talked to, this is very, very rare that we get to see pastoral transitions where people move into the future God has for them. Sometimes it can be awkward, it can be weird, it can be so many things. All we can say is this has been the Lord moving. It's been so blessed and been powerful and so it's God honoring this moment and doing that so I've given two words to you today communion and concentration and, and uh, Pastor Marshall you just underscored it and everything you said just everything you know just so amazing but the final word is commission and in that passage of scripture there is a moment that needs to happen when you recognize the call of God when you're willing to say yes and be obedient to it that God calls others around you to lay hands to affirm the calling God has and to ask the Holy Spirit to now release and move and thrust you into the future God has. And so I'm asking Mandy to come up and join me, Pastor Marsha. And I'm going to also ask our pastors, our leaders um, in the house, deacons, elders. But also we have other ministry leaders that have come alongside of Pastor Marsha that have been present, um, that maybe even have been raised up in this ministry. And I've, I've invited some of you to come and join me as well up here on the platform. So come on, let's just come around her right now. Church family, I want to invite you to stand to your feet right now. And I'd like to invite you to come. And I'd love for, for you to come and just flood this altar right now, if you'd be willing. And I want us just to completely surround Pastor Marsha in this moment. So come up to this altar and let's just stand and let's extend hands towards her. Come as close to the platform as you're able to here in this moment. If there's anyone watching in the overflow, you're free to join us as well. We're all going to gather around. Just leave your seats. Just come around from wherever you find yourself right now. And let's just fill, the, fill this altar. And we're just going to begin to pray for her. Come on, I want you just to lift your voice to heaven, church family. Just begin to pray out for her right now. Just begin to intercede for God to move in her life, for God to touch, for God to move. Come on, just begin to ask right now. We come before you right now, Lord, in your presence, Lord God. And we set apart Pastor Marsha for the work you have now called her to, Lord God. We lay hands on her. Holy Spirit, rest upon her. Greater anointing, a double portion of anointing, Lord God. Everything she's poured out of her life in this season, pour back into her now, Lord God. Pour through her hands, Lord God. Bring her to another place, another level, Lord God, of usefulness in your kingdom. Right now, we pray, Lord God. Lord, right now, Lord God, we ask you to make the path straight and clear for you to bring 
Bring her to places, Lord God, where there's hardness of ground, that she will pierce through it, Lord God, with the preaching of your word, with the passion you've placed within her, Lord God. Right now, we pray your protection over her, Lord God. We pray your wisdom to fill her heart and mind. We pray your power, Lord God, to fill her hands and to fill her ministry, Lord God, that where she steps foot, the power and presence of God would fall, that blind eyes would be open, Lord God, that even the dead would come back to life, Lord God, that we would see and ignite Lord God, in the kingdom of God like never before, Lord God, that revival will begin, Lord God, that we will see a church awakened in a brand new way because of your servant. So right now, Lord God, we lay hands on Pastor Marcia. We commission her, Lord God, from this place, a revivalist to the nations, we pray, Lord God. Lord, we pray that you will send her, Lord God, wherever it is, Lord God, you desire to see that spark in her obedience, Lord God would open doors that no man could close. So right now, Lord God, we pray, Holy Spirit, lead her, guide her, strengthen her, anoint her for this work, Lord God, and we will give you all the glory and honor and praise as we do it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord God. God is so good, church. Amen? Amen. It's a special, special time. Here's what we're going to do. We want to spend some time celebrating with you, Pastor Marsha. So we need to get you off this platform, like, as soon as possible, because everyone's going to rush you. So we're going to get Pastor Marsha out of here. Yeah, you want to pray? Yes, please. Yes. Yes, please. I just want to pray over you guys, if that's okay, and over Pastor Chris and over this next season. And so, Father, I pray, God. I pray for Evangel, Lord God. I pray for Pastor Chris, Lord God. I pray for this leadership that's on this platform, Lord God. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the anointing that rests in this house, Lord God. And Father, I declare increase in the name of Jesus that revival in New Jersey would start in this house, Lord God. In this house, Lord God, that your spirit would be poured out in this house, Lord God. Father, I pray, Lord God, for this man of God. I pray, God, for your anointing, for your power, Lord God, for holy boldness to flow through him, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you have called him for such a time as this, Lord God. And I pray, God, you'd give him discernment and wisdom beyond anything he's ever experienced before, Lord God. Father, I speak a prophetic utterance over him in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord God, for these armor bearers around him, Lord God, that they would hold him, God, they would lift him up, they would sustain him. And the leadership of this house, Lord God, would walk as one arm and one heart, God, towards what you have, Lord God. Father, I thank you for the angels that guard this house, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that Satan will never triumph over this house in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, God, that the word I hear from this point forward is the word increase, increase in everything, Lord God. I speak your presence. I speak your power. I speak your anointing, Lord God. And I thank you, Lord God, that you have put watchmen on the wall and that your word would be guarded in this house, Lord God. And that, Father, we will never have to defend your word. We just have to release it. It'll defend itself, Lord God. And so, Father, we speak your anointing and your blessing. And, Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'd bring along Pastor Chris, men of God, women of God, that share your heart, Lord God, that speak your passion, Lord God. And that, Father, your house would be filled with great bread, Lord God. And that all would eat from your table in this place, God. I thank you, God, that the bread will never run dry in this house. 
We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah, God is so good, church. What a special day and what a special moment. We're going to make sure Pastor Mark can get over to the overflow uh, there. So we're all going to hang tight right here. But as you're heading back to your seats, I want to invite our prayer team to stay for just a few moments if you're here and you're able to. And if you need prayer, we're going to dismiss in just a moment. And once we dismiss, you're going to be free to head over into the overflow. You can connect with Pastor Marsha. We have some light refreshments there. I know there will be many that want to say hello, so just be patient. Um, if you're heading to Growth Track, head to Growth Track. It's okay. There's going to be plenty of time for you to come down right after that and still have a chance to say hello to Pastor Marsha and greet her. But I just want to say one word of closing prayer that the Lord would just continue to speak to our hearts. It's been a special moment, not just for Pastor Marsha, for all of us, that God wants to ignite his plans and purposes in and through us. Amen. So, Lord Jesus, we just pray right now, Lord God, that as we've heard your word, as we've seen this living example being lived out right in front of us, Lord God, give us a tenacious faith, radical obedience, Lord God, to follow you, to honor you, and to obey you, Lord God. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord. In this season, you're truly doing an incredible work, Lord God. And we just lean into it today with all that we are. So we thank you, Lord. Send us from this place by the power of your Holy Spirit. Honor the word that's been shared today, Lord God. Bring us back to hear from you again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. Join us next Sunday. We have our epic Sunday. We're going to be telling stories about all the missions trips and starting a brand new series that you don't want to miss out on. So God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night and see you Sunday and see you next door.